0: Good morning, so I'm Dan for those who don't know me and this morning I'm going to continue our series looking at the Holy Spirit and we're going to look at the Holy Spirit and uh, his transformation in us this morning. But before I do, I wanted to share a conversation we're having in our household. At the moment, it's divided the family. Ruben wants a pet snake. Uh, So for the last couple of weeks, he's been researching it it's, it's consumed his thoughts, to be honest. He's been looking at what kind of snake he wants. He's been looking at what he needs to feed it, which is not a good topic um, for his mum. Um, and where he's going to put it, how much space it needs. Um, and, uh, and I went into his room the other day, and he, he's normally got a fairly tidy room, but it was spotless. I was like, what's going on, Rubes? He said, oh, I've, I've cleared an area for the tank. Um, we haven't even decided he was getting it yet. Um, so, Ruben's desires to get this pet snake, prepare our house for it, prepare our household for it. Um, there, there's some that are not that keen, to be honest. Um, his desires to do that um, uh, have really kind of consumed his life. And this morning, what I want to do is ask you the same question of the Holy Spirit. We, we've sung this morning about more love, more power, more of you in my life. Um, and that's what we're going to look at. Just as Reuben's desires to prepare the house for his new pet, I want to ask, what are our desires to follow Jesus by the Holy Spirit and his transforming power to glorify God the Father? So let's pray as we look at that. Father God, we invite you here this morning. We say, come Holy Spirit and speak to us. I just pray that you'll help us to open our hearts to be vulnerable in front of you. Amen. So I'd like to start at the beginning. Uh, In Genesis 1 verses 28, it says this, and, and God's talking to Adam and Eve after creation. It says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God asks Adam and Eve to subdue the earth. Now the Hebrew word for subdue is korbash, uh, which has different definition, but in this context, It means bringing order out of chaos. What God was asking Adam and Eve, you know, things had started to grow. There were animals roaming the earth. What God was asking Adam and Eve to do was to bring order out of that chaos. And he asked the same of us. I don't know about you, but my life is pretty chaotic, um, especially over the last couple of years. And it can just feel too much. But what God asks us to do is bring order out of that chaos. And that's to our whole life, to everything that we do. With your family, your friends, your neighbours, your work, your rest, your play in everything. Well, that feels like a pretty huge task, doesn't it? But this morning, we're going to look at how the Holy Spirit can transform us and work in us to bring order into that chaos. And we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at how the Spirit draws us to God, how the Spirit regenerates us, and how the Spirit renews us in our transformation with him. So first of all, the Spirit draws us to Jesus. The Spirit that draws us to Jesus is that stirring of your heart. As you open it to to God, you feel the Spirit moving in your heart and pointing you towards Jesus. That saving power of Jesus and the work he did on the cross is brought to you by the Holy Spirit, and he stirs us. It's Jesus who rescues us, frees us into a new life because of what he's done, and it's the Spirit's power that works in us in our hearts and minds. And it's the Spirit of God that helps us understand uh, what Jesus has done. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, it says, What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit to help us to understand the gospel and God's kingdom. We can't do it without him. It's not an intellectual thing. Uh, The Pharisees, when you read in the, the New Testament, they were respected. They were thought as intellectual and clever. But they thought that Jesus's work and the Holy Spirit's work was foolishness. And the Spirit draws us to God And helps us understand. You don't need any pre qualifications to understand it. And when he does, he convicts us. John 16 says this When he comes, that's the Holy Spirit, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Spirit convicts us about sin. Um, Because our ways are not God's ways. It's about our belief. So in the old way, we believe in ourselves. We may believe in success. We may believe in or strive for acceptance or money or power. But the Spirit convicts us that that isn't Jesus' way and turns us from those ways to God's ways. The Spirit convicts us that Jesus is the way. Secondly, in that verse, he convicts us about righteousness. He convicts us that we're made right with God. He gives us a hunger and thirst to know the things of God. Maybe this morning you don't feel good enough. Maybe you feel that you've got to tidy up the mess of your life before you come to God. But that's not what the Bible says. The Spirit convicts us of God's righteousness and God's ways. And, and you don't need to do anything to earn it. Michelle spoke last week about ch- being children of God. Uh, and in Romans 8, it says, The Spirit testifies to our spirit that we're his children. We're valued by God, we're seen as children of God. And last of all in that, in that passage, it says the spirit convicts us of about judgment. The spirit shows us that Satan is defeated. It shows us that we've got victory in Jesus. Maybe you feel that you've got sins, addictions, or, or barriers that stop you um, from approaching God. But the Spirit shows us that Satan is defeated and he shows us truth. He speaks truth into us. He crushes the lies of Satan that that Satan tries to convince us of. In John 16 verse 13, it says, When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into truth. Maybe you feel drawn to God right now. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you feel that you've strayed from God and and the Spirit is drawing you back to him. And it's a hard thing to do to be vulnerable before God, to open your hearts before God. But it's the Spirit that starts to stir your heart. So I'd encourage you this morning, if you have that stirring in your heart, That you speak to somebody that you pray with somebody and there'll be some opportunity later so the spirit draws us to god and the spirit regenerates the holy spirit is regenerative he gives us a new nature and a new life in john 3 verse 3 it's uh, jesus is talking to nicodemus and says very truly i tell you no one can see the kingdom of god unless they're born again. The spirit rebirths us into a completely new life. Our definitions are are redefined and we see things completely different. We see things through God's eyes. I was trying to think of a clever film analogy of when a main character has an event in their life that completely turns things around. And actually there's quite a few that point in Narnia when the children go through the wardrobe, the point when Bilbo Baggins puts on the ring, the point when Luke realises Dad is Darth Vader, and the point when Marty realises that there's hoverboards in the future. What a letdown that was. And I'm sure you've got better taste in films than me, and you can think of your own examples, but the point being here. But that's what the Spirit does. When the Spirit comes into your life, it completely changes everything. And that's what the kingdom of God is about. The Spirit reveals new life in God's kingdom. And as I said before, the direction you travel in is the opposite. You turn towards God. We have a new life where the Spirit indwells within us and completely changes our perspective on things. We don't have a segmented life. We don't have a spiritual life where we have our quiet time in the morning and then we go on to our normal daily life. It's 24-7. It affects everything we do. Things may be tough or, or easy for you at the moment, um, but the Spirit, Spirit brings new life into the situation you're in now. Psalm 34 verse eight says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So you go from old to new, from dark to light, from death to life, unfulfilled to satisfied because of this new life in God and this new perspective revealed by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit draws you, the Holy Spirit regenerates you, and finally, the Spirit renews you. In his book, God Inside Out, Simon Ponsonby writes, The pairing of regeneration and renewal may indicate that regeneration looks to the ending of the old life, whereas renewal points to the formation of the new. So we've been looking at the life that you've come from. Renewal is how you live in the new life that God has for you. A regenerated mindset is to have the desire to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. More love, more power, more of you in my life. It's what we sang earlier. And it's not a quick process. As I said before, it's every area of our life. It's not our spiritual life, it's our whole life. Our whole life is our spiritual life. And it's aligning the areas of your your life with God's priorities. Putting new habits and actions uh, that God stirs you with. And it's becoming more like Jesus. And the best thing... to to think of when we look at how to become like Jesus is look in the Bible. And in Isaiah 61, it says, it is a prophecy of, of Jesus. And it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy, joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. It talks there about the the old life and the new life that we spoke about earlier, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Those things that are in the first part of that passage may stir you, to proclaim good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And that's the working of the Holy Spirit as He renews us. And as we start to have a heart like God's to do those things, Because of what Jesus has done and by the power of the Holy Spirit, God can work in us and move us. Sometimes we're so used to the old life. We've got our old habits, the way we do do things, and, and they contradict the new life that God's given. You know, these things take time for the Holy Spirit to work in every area of your life. So how can we do that? Well, I would say the answer is one step at a time. Steve at the end of our last series on the Sermon of the Mount spoke about intentional formation. How can we form our lives around teaching, practices and community, giving the Holy Spirit freedom to work on us, work in us? I think there's a, a slide Um, as, a, as a family, um, when the first lockdown happened back in March last year, and um, and it was chaotic, I think it was chaotic for us all, we used to meet at the end of every day, usually over dinner, and talk about the things that we did in the day, the things that w- w- perhaps we were proud of, and the things that we struggled with. Now, I'm sad, and I love post-it notes. So we got out. The post-it notes. Uh, and on the green one, we, we wrote, what are we proud about today? What, what have we got to be thang- thankful for? Or what are we thankful for? And then on the amber one, what have we struggled with? What has been tough for that day and that I need help with tomorrow? And then the next day, we would do the same and the day after and the day after. And we'd be conscious of how to help each other. And we'd be committing those things to each other. I would say the best way of doing it with the Holy Spirit is is the same. You may have a big long list of things that God's stirring with you this morning. You know, maybe it it fills a a sheet. And, And it's good to write those things down. However, I would choose one of those. Uh, And in the next few days, uh, I think there's another slide. In the next few days, kind of loop around. So decide what is that one thing that God's laying on your heart at the moment. Maybe it's about committing more time to God. Maybe it's about praying for one of your friends. Maybe it's about... um, about how you work and how you interact with your colleagues and, and how you work. I, w- I would say choose one thing and then either on a daily basis or weekly basis, loop round and reflect with God how it's going. What are the good things that you can be thankful for and you see the Holy Spirit moving in, in your life? What are the things that you need help with? Who are the people that you need To have around you? What's the community you need? What's the teaching that you need? And what practices can you put in place and form new habits that help you to to interact and give space for the Holy Spirit? And then this loop will go round and round and round again as you get deeper and deeper into a relationship with God and allow the Holy Spirit to move you into new areas. So let's not make it too complicated for ourselves. It feels like such a big thing. To be like Jesus is unachievable because of who he is. So let's take that one step at a time. And if you're like me, get out your post-it notes at the end of each week uh, and scribble away. Maybe you've got a journal or some other way of doing it. Um, Do it however works for you. I said at the beginning that the Holy Spirit is in everything. Be open to his renewal in your whole life, in all aspects of your life. And as the Holy Spirit works in you, he will renew all of the things. He'll renew your relationships, how you act with your kids, with your neighbors, your friends. He can renew your workplace your interactions with your colleagues, how you even do your work, with your hobbies, with your passions, your desires, you can commit them all to God. Not because you're earning the Spirit's approval or God's approval, but because of the work Jesus has done and the power of the Holy Spirit within you. We spoke at the beginning about bringing order out of chaos. And that's the Holy Spirit's work within you on a, on a daily basis in every area of your life. So I'd like us to stand and give the Holy Spirit some space to speak to you. I said earlier that, you know, we're all in different places and God knows the place that you're in. He knows what's on your heart, what's on your mind. And you can posture yourselves just to receive the Holy Spirit and we pray for the Holy Spirit to come. I've I've covered quite a few things this morning, but, but where are you at at the moment? Commit that to God. Is the Holy Spirit drawing you to him? At the moment, do you feel a stirring of your heart to come to God? Is the Spirit convicting you of your belief? Do you want to live the new life that He offers you? Maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting you to get involved in something, to make room for God in the everyday, to change your ways, to serve Him in certain aspects. Maybe to be intentional in in a certain relationship. So what's that next step? If you know it, commit it to the Holy Spirit. If you don't ask him to reveal these things...